Ho, ho, ho. You're listening to the Can't Sell This Podcast with your hosts, Holly Jolly Elliot and Slave Hells Grambart. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Podcast. Ho, ho, ho. The fan, I'm so excited that we did that. This was a lot of lead up to us recording for real. Yeah. Indeed, it's a lot of uh, a lot that of... that third voice. I'm so. Th- there's another reason I'm excited. This is our Christmas episode. Uh, you yes. can't sell this. And as you had maybe guessed, listeners from the hilariously Santa-esque intro, I am Hugh Elliott, and I am Stefan. No, Grimbard. what was my name? Sorry, hey Stefan, what was my name again? Was it Ho Ho Elliot? Oh, jeez, Ho 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 Elliot. I can't even remember. I can't remember, but we are going to verify it before we <laughs> put it right. in the intro. <laughs> but you are Stefan Grambart. I am. I said that. And oh, I missed it. Okay. Probably because we're sitting so far away from each other. And I am incredibly stoked to have a very dear friend of mine, John Crossingham, sitting with me. Uh, for this episode, because he's integral to the Christmas episodes, Stefan. Hooray! Welcome, John. Is integral the right way to say it? Is there another way? And, and there's that's no a, other way to say it. That's a very good way to say it. Mm-hmm. Integral. Very flattering way to say it. Integral. 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 Hmm? Flatter. A flattering. I, th- I think anytime I can flatter someone at Christmas, that's the best time to flatter someone. Um, it's a good part of the season. <laughs> Here's the premise, Stefan. All right. I wrote a Christmas poem, and uh, John, do you want to introduce your your the reason I might share the poem with you? Uh, yeah, I, I've worked for a long time as an editor and writer, um, and a lot of that time spent has been working on children's books and children's media and websites and magazines and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, especially at the time that we met one another, uh, I was a kid's book editor kind of full time. That was my job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you were like, you might have some thoughts on this. (laughs) Now, Stefan, before, before I, I, I go into any further detail, there was no, Hey man, publish my book. There was nothing like that. I'd written what amounted to a Christmas poem that I thought was cute. Right. And, you know, with the fact that I have two kids, both of whom are adorable, um, I don't actually remember reading the poem to them. So that's how little I think of my kids. <laughs> 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 or or how much or how much yeah i saved them the embarrassment of of their father trying a poem so here's the thing i'm going to read the poem i'm going to read it uh before i give the reaction john's reaction um is is right here which is fantastic but um john provided the essence of can't sell this because I couldn't sell it. <laughs> but John gave feedback that I was like super um, appreciative uh, to get. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and read it. Are you guys pre- prepared? We're ready. This will 
It's yeah, been I'm a while. ready. Yeah, you ready? Okay. And here's the thing: is I was really, uh, I really wanted to prepare for this by reading it a few times to myself, so that I would, you know, would roll off the tongue, and be very natural. Which yeah. is whenever you see someone do a book reading, you, you always react with a, "Oh my God, they really know the voice of that character." I haven't done that. I've been really, really, <laughs> really <laughs> dealing with, you know, my, my kids and my wife's out of town. So um, I'll do my best uh, to be as fluid as I hoped I would be. But this may feed into your initial feedback uh, and, and, and bring us uh, full circle, yeah. which is what I hope. So the, the poem, uh, Stefan, you haven't right. read it as far as have you read it? Have I read it? No. The poem. Okay. This is one of the best parts about uh, this podcast, John, is that Stefan and I don't ever read the other person's work Yeah. that's going to be discussed. We tend to go into a blind. Yeah. Okay. So the poem is called Santa Quits. <clears throat> I'm just going to get my... <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to get myself ready because this is... I'm very nervous now that John is looking directly at me. I can... I can. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter i already know john hates it so the the poem's called santa quits i'm gonna do my best stefan are you are you ready i i am all ears okay the day after christmas in his big comfy chair santa back, sat back thinking with only one care he sat and he thought and he thought and he thought about all the kids and the toys that he brought he started to wonder why do i do it why do i put all my elves through it Year after year, hundreds and more, when parents can get the same toys at the store. The kids that believe are fewer each year, the naughty list grows longer, and so soon I fear that the naughty will be so much longer than the nice. I'll only be going to one house. I may have to go twice. So maybe it's time I hang up my bells. I'll park the sleigh, put the bows on the shelves. Unhitch the reindeer, let them graze in the field, sit down with the wife and have a regular meal. So he called to Morty, the head elf in charge. I have an announcement, Morty. I assure you it's large. And Morty walked off, a meeting to prepare, worried about the change that hung in the air. All the elves sat in the great room by dozens. Mrs. Claus sat up front. The whole room was buzzing. In came Santa, no smile on his face. The cough he admitted silenced the place. Elves, Mrs. Claus, thank you for coming. As I sat after Christmas, my whole head was humming. I can't help but think that maybe it's time to stop this whole operation of mine. Stop all the toys, the building, the trips. Kids today aren't deserving, I have to admit. And Santa stopped talking with a tear in his eye as he'd said the one thing that could make Santa cry. That's when Santa saw it, one empty chair. The chair that belonged to Elf, Barney O'Dare. You see, Barney O'Dare was the postmaster elf, and his job could never be put on a shelf. So if he was missing, Santa wasn't surprised, but he didn't want any elf to miss this plan he'd devised. To Barney O'Dare off, Santa went, since Barney was busy with the letters kid sent. Through the door of the post office, Santa entered. When Barney saw Santa, he stood front and center. Santa, what is it? What's causing this fuss? The kids are already writing for next Christmas. And Santa looked sadly down at the letters. Barney, oh dare, I just don't know if this matters. The gasp 
that Barney let out was so loud he was surprised that it had drawn a large crowd. But Santa, said Barney, the kids all love you. If you stop giving them gifts, what would they do? Santa just looked down and said, Barney, you know I always think of the kids. But there are fewer and fewer each year who need me to sit there and lend them an ear. Barney O'Dare sighed and handed Santa a letter. I think you should read this, since I can't say it any better. Santa sat down, adjusting his glasses, and held up the letter for the elven masses. Let's see what this child has written to say. I don't see how it will change my mood on this day. And so he read the letter he'd been handed, his full attention, Barney O'Dare demanded. Dear Santa, the letter began, as all of them do, the gift that I want is a gift just for you. I made you this gift. It took me three weeks. I could have spent longer just working out tweaks. So Santa, I hope you like what I made. Signed, I love you a lot, Becky McCade. And Santa looked up and saw his mistake, for little Becky had made him a cute macaroni cake. It wasn't the kids who were naughty that mattered, but the kids who were nice, no matter how scattered. So Santa walked off to get the elves back to work, and he felt kind of bad, like he'd been such a jerk. Barney turned with a grin and caught Mrs. Claus' ear. This is exactly what happens every year. And that's that's the poem. Oh! <laughs> thank you yeah it needs a reading (laughs) so here's the here's the thing stefan and 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 as much as i as much as i do i it tickles me to to have read it out loud like that because it was one of those poems that um i don't write poetry which would be the first obvious thing to anybody who reads poetry but i do like rhyming and i like rhyming schemes and i enjoy the act of of uh putting things together so Here's the thing. John, in his initial <laughs> in his initial reaction, his only thing he's because I said, hey man, did you read the poem? He goes, Yeah. And it was real like it was just this one. <laughs> it, was just like this. it wasn't like a fuck, we're signing you today. It was just one of those like the reaction was yeah. just he says, Poetry is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> now understand <laughs> understand understand something really like the, understand understand this like uh, you know stefan <laughs> you can stop laughing so here's the thing stefan you and i have now lo- known each other long enough and we've worked through each other's work long enough that that you understand i don't hold a lot of things to heart like it's not like i turn around and go my writing is my all and it's my soul and you know you know what i mean i don't put such a value on the things that i write that i i can't move past them and so when john said poetry is hard like i just went ah (laughs) you know and i moved on because that's how i that's how this whole this whole life of mine works but the, the nicest thing happened after that was, uh, and I don't, I don't remember which one of us, John, instigated this. Um, was, I think it was a pretty mutual thing. Was we said, let's was, go have a this beer. This quite early in us. In yeah, us not knowing each other that well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Maybe about a, a year or so, I think. So ate. shit, I totally was taking advantage of a book editor for his which book was, editoring skills. Yeah, which I would want to say too, lest it seem otherwise. I was totally into this. Oh so yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't like uh it it wasn't um 
Yeah, I didn't feel like I was put in some sort of a weird position okay, good, or, good. or something. Okay. It was like, so yeah, I was definitely eager to hang out. I, 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 seemed, okay. I think it was a pretty mutual thing. So what, what happens to fan afterwards was, was I sort of right. reacted with, a, oh, well, that's the end of that. But I said, do you can? Is there any way that I can get some more feedback beyond just poetry is hard? Because that's a that's a very that's a very cut you down kind of thing to say. But it wasn't intentional. John's yeah. a sweet guy. <laughs> but I said, do you want to go have a pint and let's talk about it some more? So we did, and John provided. The, John, we had an episode of Can't Sell This over pints at a bar, right? Because John, you had some insights to. One, publishing in general, in terms of like Christmas mm-hmm. books, are yep. very hard to sell in general, right? Like that's a thing. They have they have a short window. It's like, you know, so and you're up against even more so than other things. You're up against a lot of uh, big publishing muscle, right? So mm-hmm. you have to. It has to be something. If you're doing a seasonal book of any kind, a Halloween book, an Easter book, or whatever, you know, it's like. There is that that kind of window where people are really into buying something, but it dissipates very quickly. Right. So I think, um, and I was also coming at it, if I remember correctly, at least this is what I would be saying now, whether it's revisionist history or not, (laughs) but um, working at a smaller publisher, which I did do, um, you have to also be extra careful about the kind of books that you choose to work on because you only are making so many books a year as compared to, you know, um, HarperCollins or Penguin Random House where in addition to the imprint that you know like Penguin Random House you see a book with one of those things on it it's like okay that's one of their that's one of their titles right. but those places also have a good half dozen dozen other imprints that they publish so the amount of books in short that they're putting out you know, every year right. is immense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's easier for them to kind of go, you know what? I, we believe in this one and we know that the window would be a little small for them, but uh, we're, we're going to go for it and see what we can do. Whereas a smaller publisher uh, like owl, the one I work for um, it's, it's a harder choice. You have to really feel like this is about as can't miss as, as, as we could get to, to kind of go with something because it is tethered to this really short buying window. Right. Yeah, of course. Although Christmas that all that said, Christmas is better than some other ones in that at the very least, it's the one time of year where everyone is just buying, buying blind. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, so there's that, but it's true. Yeah. So then it just returns back to the poetry is hard. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but, but that is also another thing too, where I think, and admittedly, too, where that comes from, um, and I think you know that was maybe a little unfair on my part. In in that, um, one of the first things that people do when their um, uh, parents, like new parents, or you know, parents of relatively young kids, yeah, and um, even if they're you know qu- have been quite creative throughout kind of their whole life. You know, once they have kids, a lot of the times they'll have this thing where it's like, oh, you know, I, I want to. I'm going to be creative all I'm gonna of a sudden. I'm going to be creative and I want to I write a kid's book, right? Mm. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I, I really got this great idea and my kids love it and all, you know. My, my kid hugged a cat. Yeah. I'm going to write a book about it. Yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and and uh, and they always, too, kind of um, default to this idea of writing and rhyme for kids. Because that's all they've been reading. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And, uh, but, you know, there's it's actually... 
to do rhyme well is challenging. Mm-hmm. And I mean, ultimately, to do any writing is challenging. It, it you know, they all present their own sort of challenge. But I think um, I know for sure that my mindset in saying that where it comes from is just that writing, writing poetry in particular for kids, it's it's hard to do it with with um, actual true economy and true invention, right. invention, and and uh, and you know, listening to you reading that back there, there are lots of. I mean, I can already hear ways that if it was a book I was taking on, that I would totally approach it, right? And it's like bits that I would go to you. I don't know if you need this. I don't know if you need that. That's a really good yeah. turn of phrase. More of those. That sort of thing, right? You know, um, which, and I honestly can't really remember the content of the conversation that we had at the pub, well, about it. But, uh, but it, that, but, um, but yeah, like, there's absolutely, you know, despite what this podcast is titled, <laughs> there are totally elements there. Yeah, but that was well the point. Okay, selling. so here, so here, here's where I break. Can in. I? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Stefan. Yeah, I just want to say I'd, I'd like to. Um, I just wanted to say I'd like to maybe, you know, um, just get my thoughts out on it, having heard it for the first time. Yeah, of course, please. Um, but John, I, I, I agree with what you say. Like I can definitely see pictures when I, when I heard uh, you reading it, Hugh. Like an illustrative um, version or what uh, do you say? Sorry? Like illustrated or how do you mean pictures? Yeah. Yeah, like I can see the I can see the images that you know uh, of the scenes. That but that's would, great. Would, would accompany the words, which is awesome. Um, I do feel like it does need a, a, an edit or two. Um, that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. I think. No. It, um, but here's the thing that I found really interesting. I don't think this is a book for kids. I think this is a children's book for adults. Okay. Yeah, it there's I, an element of it uh, that it sort of has a go the fuck to sleep. Like a cynicism exactly. kind of element? Or I was going to say K is for knife ball, but exactly. This, that, that, <laughs> yeah. I, that kind of like, yeah. it's, in the, it's in the genre of a children's Christmas story, but it's about Santa saying, why am I doing this? I'm going to quit, which is a really adult sort of thing. Right. And I think it's something that parents could read to their kids, but I think it's something that that parents would buy because it's a funny book for them. Yeah. Yeah. And and there are like there are lots of kids books that definitely work in that vein. And I think the listening to it now, if I was working with it, it would be this kind of thing where uh yeah, you would in addition to editing it down, which again, it's like not only is that not something to be ashamed of it's like i mean everyone needs an editor <laughs> literally yeah, well, that literally was the reason everyone i asked you to you know <laughs> look at it so I, that's I like wanna, that's never something I any live in editor yeah i want like an editor who lives here and has a room and i can just burst in whenever i want <laughs> yeah with a yeah. bunch of pages and be like hey john want to be the third is like member of the podcast too long as it needs to be yeah just with a sheaf of papers that nothing's printed on. Yeah. But then you hand them a, a link to a Google Doc. I sent you a link! But you have the sheaf of papers in your hand. Yeah. Read the link! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just for the... Hey, listen. Hey, it's, for the sake of... For the sake of... Our, uh, um, uh, veracity. I never once thought that John was going to go, 
rubber stamp bong and like there was never gonna hit another edit like like, even reading it you heard me stumble through oh yeah phrases and you heard me stumble through things there was nothing about that that i thought was the end of the whole thing let me get to the point of of the conversation that followed this and i i I think that this is where uh brings the true christmas spirit to life was that john presented an alternative to Santa simply saying like, that's it was it Santa. One of the things that John had said, I, I found really interesting was John, John was like, well, maybe you should approach it that Santa just doesn't go home. Like maybe he's just, he just decides to go hang out by a waterfall, you know, and everybody just talks to him over his phone. And like, there's some discussion that's primarily digital that, that he was like, no, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> and he's and and santa's just sort of like ho ho hold the phone i'm not doing this anymore and like and so barney o'dare or whomever it, uh, that c- communicates with him showing him these pictures it's over a facetime or skype or something but like it was it was interesting that what i what i really enjoyed about the, that conversation john was that there was never any dismissal of the entire idea and that is what, like, that's what can't sell this really is, is we never dismiss the idea out of hand. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, that's, I, I like to think that that's the creative process in, in any medium. I mean, you know, as you, as you know, you know, I do music and I still find things that I've recorded years and years and years back that don't really make sense until a particular moment in time. And, and uh, sometimes they just need to kind of find, I need to catch up to where, where I wanted to be at that moment. And I think, you know, it's like, yeah, that idea absolutely can work. Yeah. There's no question about it. It's going to become a self-published. <laughs> no, 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 but I don't even mean I don't even mean self-published. I mean, it's like it's it, like the thing too is I mean, there's not I'm a little I'm I'm a little embarrassed in hindsight at the at the thought of that I would have been a bit dis, dismissive of it or might have oh. given the appearance of it only because it's, you know, there's there's a lot to grow there. I think the real key and the thing that I've found in my years of working with writers on, on books and whatever project, but especially books. Yeah. Because they're, you know, there's so much more on the line with it. It's not a magazine article. It's not this transient thing. You know, people, there's a real investment in it. It has a permanence to it. So people, you know, everyone at every level, the publisher, you know, people in sales, whatever, it's like they all really fuss over over the finality of it and how, you know, how am I going to, how literally, how am I going to sell this? Some of the people are, are, are saying that kind of stuff. And um, so that scrutiny um, brings out a a lot of things and a lot of people. And it's hard. It's hard for, 
it's hard for people to sometimes be at their best exposed to that sort of criticism right? and also to multiple waves of it because sure. it's not just the editor mm-hmm. who does it. It's, it's other people further down. It's people who are designing the book. It's, you know, who are saying, do I really need this part? Cause I can't, you know, it'd be so much smoother if you just got rid of this, 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 these, these four pages right. and all this kind of stuff or then salesperson saying, uh, if this I, was a twelve-page book, yeah, we, you or, know. or you know, why are we doing it like this? It's like I, I don't know what my angle is to sell it, and suddenly, you know, for a writer where you just kind of got over this hump with your editor and you felt like you were on the same page, now suddenly there's another wall to climb, and mm-hmm. you know, the the real thing is, you know, if like talent, whatever. I mean, it's all it's all relative. If an idea is good. And a writer is is willing to kind of find ways to keep his or her groove through those multiple ways of criticism and not lose the plot, but has a real sense of what the project is. Right. That they can't be that they can't be um, they can absorb criticism, but but they have a firm enough sense of what the idea is that they don't get knocked off course easily. Right. Then that book will usually succeed. I think. What really happens is sometimes people get an idea they think is pretty good. They start writing it, it comes together, but they don't actually have a central core understanding of who the character is or what the character's motivations are and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's when it falls apart because you go to them. Well, you can't argue it, right? Well, but is that part of it? Is like it's is part of it, argue but, the character? but part of it is like my job as an editor isn't to tell you what to write. My job is to help you write the best version of what it is you want to write let me let me understand something about editing it, it your job and I, I bring this back to alcohol your job is distillation right your job is to make a better product 100 percent. so yep. so even even in the in the case of let's say from the the case the situation of the this poem um <clears throat> you could in theory you could edit that and or at least you could say this is awkward, this is awkward, this is awkward, these are great, keep this, I like this, this isn't necessary. You would just red pen a bunch of shit, and I would come back mm-hmm. and rewrite those sections, right? I mean, that, that would be, that would that's how editing works. So that the second version, and then whatever, iterative versions after that, become a better poem. Yeah. If that was if that was a scenario, that's a general idea. But the other thing too is I don't mean to generalize no, no, no. your job. That's no, no, not... no, no. It's everything. You know? I mean, but the, the <laughs> I don't thing, mean to the distill. thing with it too is that yeah, I mean it's absolutely a distillation process for sure. The other you're trying, but but the real point I was trying to make was maybe not as successfully when I was just speaking back there. But well, I'm a big dumbass. What so. you really want is the purest idea of what that person is trying to communicate so you know as an editor you're sitting here going it seems like you're maybe trying to say Mm. this but there's a whole bunch of this crap in the way or i don't really have as a reader like i can infer what it is you're trying to say but i'm telling you that as a reader this part isn't coming through or your character you know what is your character doing and you have to be able to either answer oh yeah well this is what's happening here or to go away and go, Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Let me make that more solid. Right. When I've encountered problems, it's when I've presented questions to writers and they've kind of not been able to provide an answer, neither right. on the spot nor upon reflection. And but that's when, not, that's when a book kind of but, falls but a, apart. A writers should 
theoretically be able to respond very quickly based off of their knowledge of their subject, right? Like if for you were the to mo- ask me for a the question, most part, if you were to ask me a question yeah. about that scenario, I should be able to react very quickly. Yeah. Why is Santa doing this? Or why did, you know, right. why I, did, but, yeah, in, but... It, why is Santa doing this would be 100%. That's part of the poem. Yeah. He's doing it because he believes that he's, yeah, hitting fewer houses and I mean that's a that's a I mean that's a, that's a pretty <laughs> yeah I mean like that's a pretty simple like for, first question no, I but know, I mean I know. Yeah, but there yeah. are lots of other nuanced ones and it's okay to not have the answer right away it's yeah. just that when when a writer finds it hard to figure out a problem that feels very central to the understanding of the mm-hmm. of the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Upon even upon reflection and further revisions, and that's when that's when I've that's when books get stalled, yeah. right? Yeah. And and you know that's not really, I mean, sure, there's skill involved. There's skill involved in communicating it, but it's funny. It's like the real the hardest thing about writing is not necessarily being able to string words together. It really is just, do you have a solid sense? of the idea that you want to communicate because an editor can, can help a writer with nuances of communicating with writing, but you can't really fill in the blanks. Right. Sure. Especially if the writer doesn't really believe it and doesn't feel invested in it. And there are books I've worked on before where I've, I mean, I've kind of written passages, (laughs) you know, um, and there's various reasons for that. Blankety blank, 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 blank. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, uh, there, are, uh, there are very different reasons from project to project why that happens. But, right. um, you know, but it's often mainly just been because for whatever reason, the writer just can't get there. Right. And it's not a failure of being able to string words together per se. It's more a failure of knowing having a firm enough sense of what to say. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like, absolutely. So there are some writers who are just, they're gifted and they just, they can, they're great with words, period. And they can make almost anything read interestingly. Right. But, um, but you know, the, the real challenge is like, have you got a, do you have a strong sense of that world? Especially when you're creating a world, right? Do you see the totality of that world in 3d in your mind? Do you understand that universe? And, and if mm-hmm. you do, then it's, you know, then it's uh, it's easier in a lot of ways to, to put a book together than you think. We're, we're giving you an opportunity, Stefan. I, I feel bad because you're not present in the, in the room. N- no, I, I am. I am just absorbing this. It's you know uh, it, I have I have enjoyed uh, knowing John for as long as I have and 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 I I knew you would like his his insights as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's interesting to me because um, at one point, John, when you were talking about sort of that um, that role where you try to help the writer uncover the best way to to get across that. Uh, you know, like the the character or the situation or the world, um, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of of some of the stuff that I do or did when I was working with a larger team uh, as a creative director. Because um, I always had this point of view, whereas you know I'm there at the beginning to help lead overall creative, but 
once it comes time to execution, that's in the art director's hands. I I don't really want to dictate to an art director how how it that should be done. I want them to to put their own creativity into it, because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm just using them as a pair of hands, and that's that's just bullshit. And nobody wants to be just a pair of hands. Anyways, so the point is, um, it's knowing the difference between um, wanting to give feedback because personally that's not how i would have done it and give feedback um based on yeah what they've created works um there's nothing wrong with it it's not the way i would have done it but it's it is a viable option right Mm -hmm. um yeah and i think that that that's one of the hardest things to do as an editor especially you know uh easily that is the thing i struggle with the most and separating your yeah. your opinion from uh-huh. the work, yeah, a hundred percent. Especially when when a writer was really stuck, and uh, you could see a path that was clear, but you knew it was yours, and um, that yeah, that eventually will come around to kind of bite you on the ass at some point in time, further down the road in the process of finishing the project, because. Um, well, then they'll start to rely on you more and more. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, that can happen sometimes. and But you can also run into some things, too, where the writer inevitably starts to feel a little more divorced from the project. So they, right, they don't... their idea is no longer 100% theirs. Yeah, they, and they just, their motivations change and the, the vibrancy behind the idea, the commitment to the idea... Um, starts to dissipate, evaporate a bit. And um, yeah, it's, you know, but it it's, it's hard. It, I mean, I think one of the things that really hit home for me over the years working in books is just, you know, you can make a lot of books over the course of a year, but that true moment of inspiration where you just get a writer who's firing on all cylinders and a designer who's feeling it and the illustrator is the perfect match and everything. It's, uh, it's, it's really lightning in a bottle because even some of the best writers, they, they get roadblocks and they have, uh, ideas that they want to work, but just aren't there the same way a previous project was. And, uh, you try really hard to facilitate that as the editor and to make it as great as it was the time before, but it just doesn't always work that way, you know? And, uh, and it, you know, you know, I've had experiences afterwards where we've talked about past projects with, with authors and they've been like, yeah, I wasn't really, I just, I just, I'm sorry, man. I just couldn't make that happen. And I'll be saying the same thing. Yeah, I, I know. I know it was a bit of a struggle and you get it out and it's, it's still a, a good product, but it's missing that thing that really makes a book sing. And, uh, and then vice versa, the projects where I really helped someone find their best voice. Uh, I still, yeah, I still get really excited thinking about it because it's, it's, it's not easy, but you feel like you've done good work as an editor because you did manage to get that thing out of them. But you also found a way to to stay out of the way when you needed to. 
So I guess um, the question that I would have then, John, for you is, uh, like, what would the process be like? I mean, uh, Hugh had the idea. He wrote the poem. Um, he is well aware that there needs to be edits. Um, but how would he then go about bringing it to someone like you or to a publisher and having like, like how do you get to the point where they say, this is a great idea. We like it. Um, we can work with this. Like, d does he need to have an artist on board? Does he need to have, well, th uh, that's, go you know, what's the fan? That's a really interesting question because that was one of the things that we, we did talked talk about, about. I think. Yeah, yeah. We talked about a lot. It is, um, it is a, it's a visual book, you know, like in my head, Mm -hmm. Each the way of I'll 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 actually say you can look at the link on the Google Doc, but um, each of the blocks would would have been a page, right? So they when 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 you're talking about editing it all down, whatever I think it was probably about twenty pages. So uh, in my head, each block was a distinct page with a distinct illustration that would would have reflected that block of uh, prose mm -hmm. or poetry or whatever you would, those four lines. So that was a discussion John and I had had where John was like, well, we, wait, what is it? How did you put it again? It was like, you have a stable of illustrators that you work with or. Well, yeah. I think what I would have probably said is that um, you, you want to have give a good up, give up now. No, you want to, <laughs> You want to have a good sense of <laughs> you want to have a good sense of of what would be there right. on the page, and you can even like having a having a tentative sort of storyboard isn't a bad idea, that sort of thing. Mm. But um, most publishers uh, have illustrators that they really like to work with, or they at least want to be able to test the waters with with illustrators. So right. unless you've got an illustrator who's just like, just, I mean, unreal, amazing. you know, yeah. like really, really killer stuff. Cause that's another thing too, is when we would get unsolicited submissions and you get tons of them, a lot of times they would include this really amateurish, hokey, awful artwork. Which would affect the hey. writing, right? Which well, even would affect if, how you read it. It affects how you read the writing. Yeah. It affects how you view the entire project. And yeah. you just kind of roll your eyes and go, ah, oh, God. And every once in a while, you'd look at one of those things and you'd be like, you know what, guys? This Let's artist, get the illustrator. <laughs> this art is terrible. But, or maybe vice versa. But, uh, you know, but, you know, I was going to say, this art is terrible, but there is something in this story. But like, is it harder? Like, do, how, them, do but, you, how do you, but, like, hold your knows through bad art to read the words like because the art and the words would be then on the same page yeah and I, I think honestly you're way more professional than i could be on a, well honestly <laughs> no no i mean you know it's like i'm 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 only human it's like i scoff at stuff too and it's like when you get a, a just a endless seemingly endless volume of stuff that just isn't hitting right uh it yeah you become numb to it i think it's like anything else uh, having an advocate is great, right. you know. Someone so for some people that's an agent, right? But uh, and for other people, it's just you get to know someone, as you know me, and yeah. who is like, hey, well, I know this guy. Made, so yeah, well, but but also, I mean, we kind of <laughs> we kind of put it, we kind of we, you know, I mean, we didn't really 
talk about it beyond that trip to the to the pub to the pub yeah yeah so it has to get in front of the right people i mean so i don't think it's so i guess to answer your question stefan i I, it's not too different to most other creative endeavors right where um it's all about how it arrives in front of a person and and sometimes there's not really actually a set formula to that it's did it land in front of the right person at the right time of day were they in the right mood you know, did did the right. did the elevator pitch come out right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of this really mealy mouthed, you know, just uh, you know. I just, think if you're if, if if your elevator pitch is you already embarrassed by your product, then your product isn't worth buying. It wasn't like that at all. It was just right. I knew a guy that had read a lot of children's books who could you know see this poem and and see it for what it was an amateur you know, uh, Christmas poem. And, and, and his reaction was pretty much what I had expected. I didn't see like a, you know, him showing up with, with a contract going, Oh my God, I will want to sign you immediately. Like, it wasn't like that. It was just a, you know, poetry is hard. I'm like, fuck, you're right. (laughs) You know, and it all sort of, you know, boils down to, uh, an, an immensely gratifying learning experience. And John and I are, are much closer uh, since then. We, we've known each other now for a couple of years uh, uh, since that whole episode. But the fact that John was patient enough with my just general request to, to, to read a poem where he had no obligation to do it and, right. and still provide me with valuable feedback, not the kind of feedback that I can take and, and like go sell it to somebody else, but the kind of feedback that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you, John. Hey, hey. Stefan. Yes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, John. And Merry Christmas to both of you. And I want to, I want to thank everyone for, uh, putting up with, a Christmas episode when possibly you don't celebrate Christmas. So happy holidays to happy everyone. holidays. Season's greetings. This episode of can't sell this was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright, recording engineer at studio 306. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com.